Welcome to the Bread and Circuses Podcast, brought to you by Digital Pizza, where your hosts talk about anything they damn well please. So strap in while Rome burns and enjoy this shit show. Welcome back once again, Bread and Circuses Podcast. I am Rooster, here with Crow. Konnichiwa, mi amigo. Wow. Japanese and Spanish. Was that what that was? Oh, shit. Konnichiwa is Japanese. Okay. I thought I was speaking Mandarin. (laughs) Sure you were. Uh, Real quick, two episodes ago, we teased this whole German special forces plot. Oh, yeah, and I said I need to do a little more research on it. (laughs) And you did, and you found out. I just think it's bullshit. I think it's uh, fake news. Yeah. Because if if this was a real thing, um, the story is, here, let me pull it up here. There's a couple uh, European uh, news sources, but they're basically like the uh, the Sun and the Mirror, which are they're like the the Inquirer or whatever from from uh, America. They're tab- sure you didn't tabloid get it. papers. Did you get it from the Daily Stormer? <laughs> yeah, uh, no, uh, I did hear. I think I did hear the first the Mein Kampf Gazette. Yeah, I, I heard. I first heard about this. I think on someone's YouTube channel. They brought it up like. Just kind of like, did you hear about this kind of thing? And I don't know anything about it, but this, this, if this is true, it'd be was it a guy who was like furtively looking over his shoulder? <laughs> Hang on a minute. Shh. Okay, now I can talk. Yeah. So uh, basically, the story is, and this, if this were true, it would be all over the mainstream news. So it cannot because this, this was reported. They're hiding it, man. Uh, they don't want anyone to know. Tenth uh, of November. So. Yeah, this this is not something that must have happened, but it says Death Squad Conspiracy, secret army of 200 German SAS in neo-Nazi terror plot to slaughter politicians and immigrants. Authorities have smashed a plot by serving uh, former neo-Nazi members of the country's special forces uh, to wreak havoc on day X. Uh, now they're German. They don't call the German special forces SAS. Right, that's the British ones. That, yeah, but that's basically their equivalent is what they're saying. Do you know what SAS stands for? Um, super ass sassy. Strategic air service oh, or special okay. air service. I like mine better. Um, <clears throat> so, I mean, there's a couple articles. They sound kind of, you know, there might be something to this, but that's it. So it can't, I mean, it's it's got to be fake news. So I kind of looked up a Reddit kind of thing because uh, they're – 4chan or reddit sometimes you'll get the straight dope on things and people are going yeah this is this is fake news <laughs> did you just say the straight dope the straight dope i thought you'd say full shizzle after that <laughs> my good sir that's how i should have ended that <laughs> but uh indubitably if that was true that there was a secret you know a cabal insider cabal of special forces guys just neo-nazi waiting, special waiting for forces. the trigger in order to go out and start, uh, you know, that would be one hell of a story. And in their underground lair, they had X'd out pictures of Angela Merkel. And their leader was Cobra Commander. Yes. Yeah. Major Blood. <laughs> Destro. <laughs> Joe? I can't stand you, Joe. Yeah. So uh, it's not much of a story. I thought we were going to have something really interesting to talk about here and have all kinds of implications and, you know, subplots and all that. But 
I forgot about Destro. Destro was kind of a badass. Yeah, yeah. And Cobra Commander was just a fucking idiot. What uh, what was the what was the woman the the super hot chick with the glasses and the black latex? Oh, on uh, on, on the Joe Cobra the, side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember on the Cobra ah, side. She yeah. had the German accent though, yeah. didn't she? Yeah, she was super hot. God, can't remember her name. Yeah, the one on uh, the one on GI Joe side was basically a knockoff of uh, Black Widow, Scarlet. I think was her mm-hmm. name. Yeah. And of course, she had red hair. Damn, um, take me back to my childhood. All right, so we're we're done with that topic since it was all fake news. All right, you want to talk about uh, racist Christmas trees? <laughs> yeah. So, in Minneapolis, here the fourth precinct, which is um, that area of, of Minneapolis, is uh, it's it's called like the what the upper mid north or whatever upper I don't know. There's little terms for the different neighborhoods, but it's a it's a, a, a high population of black uh, populace there. And so there was, uh, was it last year before last year when they had the big riots here over the, um, there was a shooting of a guy. Jamar Clark. Yeah. And there was a, a 14 day siege where they set up shop across the precinct and um, were basically, you know, just not on the edge of rioting. And sometimes, you know, every once in a while there'd be like a Molotov thrown over the wall at the police station and all that kind of not stuff. Not once in a while. It damaged a bunch of police yeah. cars. So, But Jamar Clark was, he pushed his girlfriend down the stairs. Broke her leg. Broke her foot. Yeah. yeah. So broke her foot. The ambulance was there to get her. And he's outside banging on the door. So the EMTs called the police. And within two minutes of the police showing up, they'd shot him. Yeah. And there were witnesses saying they handcuffed him and capped him execution style yeah, they, right they, on the yeah, sidewalk. They, they handcuffed him first and then shot him. And then there was other stories that they planted gun a gun on him and all kinds of weird stuff like that going on. And there was actual video from the back of the ambulance that showed that none of that happened. Right. And he basically got on top of one of the officers on his back and was pulling on his gun. Yeah, it was, it was like trying to yank the gun out of the holster. I mean, it's, it's, it's blatant. Yeah. And the only – the hand – the handcuffs had never been on him. The only handcuffs anybody saw were ones that were laying on the ground that got wrestled loose in one of the officers yeah. or something like that. So, so yeah, they're still doing this justice for Jamar Clark thing, the guy who attacked the police officers. Well, are you going to believe your lion eyes or are you going to believe the community activist? I'm going to believe all the forensic evidence is what yeah. I'm going to believe. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, this is the precinct um, that that happened at. And, uh, oops, that was me pushing on the on the yeah, they basically, table here. They basically st- – took over the street and they had bonfires going in the street and everything. Yeah. And they camped out for two weeks and they were allowed to do it. It's weird. And they were calling the police some really nasty names. There's one video out there of a well, black and white cops, a black yeah. police officer standing there, not in a riot line because they were just sort of standing there, you know, protecting the police station. They weren't in riot gear. And this one woman is like calling this guy a race trading N word. Oh yeah. It was, it was pretty bad. But anyway, uh, so that kind of shows you the neighborhood this happened in. But so this police precinct, every year they have a Christmas tree and they get like a rookie or somebody to decorate it. Well, this year, a uh, video or a photo circulated of the of the decorations. And here, I'll just read the article. This is from uh, uh, the Washington Post. So the headline is, Minneapolis police decorate Christmas tree with racial stereotypes in majority black neighborhood. So... Uh, it looked as though, a, this is by Megan Flynn. It looked as though a couple of police officers went dumpster diving for ornaments. Hanging from the Christmas tree inside a Minneapolis Police Department precinct were half-crushed cans of steel reserve malt liquor 
and crumpled bags of Takis chips and Funyuns. There was a cup from the fried chicken joint Popeyes and two packs of Newport cigarettes, pieces of actual garbage accented by a single strip of yellow crime scene tape that didn't quite cut it as tinsel. If the police thought the scene was a joke, nobody was laughing. That's... <laughs> well, there, somebody laughed. No, I just, I meant that was yeah. that was a pretty fantastic turn of phrase that no one could see coming. Yeah. Uh, and here's the thing. Somebody probably didn't well, give a little chuckle. Oh, that's funny. You, you, you were told to decorate a Christmas tree, and what you did is you just took junk, random junk that was probably taken off of suspects or taken off of people you brought into custody and that they didn't want back because it was garbage. And you probably just took that and threw it on the tree and said, okay, done, decorated. And everybody looked at it like, oh, you smartass. And that was prop. that should have been the end of it right there. Like, all right, take, clean it up, put some real stuff on, put real decorations on it. But some asshole had to take a picture and get all, get it out there and be all offended about it and say that it's, it was racially motivated. That, 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 it's just the, that's the kind of shit we're dealing with here. Yeah. I mean, what did you mention? Our local, our local radio, uh, radio show that's a conservative radio show. Um, they even said, "Oh, this was racist. These guys should be fired." I'm like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" If they should, if they're going to be fired, they should fire be, be fired. They should be fired for being stupid. There yeah. was no point in doing that. The, uh, with the tree thing, all you all you did was set yourself up for this kind of stuff. They, they did, and, and yeah, that right there shows. Okay, you, you should have just. But it's just like one of those things where you just can't have any kind of. It's like uh, an off-color joke. You know, back in the day, an off-color joke, maybe it's slightly offended somebody, but they go, eh. Or, or somebody, the, the the boss would say, hey, knock it off. Don't do that. Oh, okay, and that's the end of that. You can't have that anymore. It's, it's like everything's a fucking level five infraction that uh, deserves uh, a person to be fired and to never have a job again and uh, um, be put on welfare, I guess, for the rest of their life. Well... I- just the idea that no one can take a joke anymore. Well, here's the thing: it's it, the joke was, and I'm thinking, it's a it's a majority black area, so the arrests are going to be majority black in that area. Uh, the stuff you take off of the people are, are going to be whatever they ha- whatever they have in their possession at the How point when, you're, when, you're, you? when you arrest them. I guess if that's considered racist, I guess you might as well stick that label on me. You are a bad person. Well, that I don't agree with. You do agree with that? I said I don't. Yes, you do. Okay, you talked me into it. See how easy that is. <laughs> um, so my take on it, and since I'm, we're not getting any information from the police officer that did it or anybody in the other than the and we Jake, never will. We're getting Jacob Fry um, and and the police. Um, was it a commissioner? To, let's look it up. Uh, blah blah blah. Police chief and an activist is what you're hearing from. So you're not hearing from from the on the ground officers that just said that just here's here's my. I already said this, but. I think they told the guy, decorate the tree, and he thought he'd be a smart ass and go, okay, I'll just grab junk. Where's the junk? Where's the stuff we took off the suspects? That'd be funny. Throw it on the tree, hang everything up, put the, and then hit, I did I did what you told me to do. And they're like, oh, wise guy. You know, and that's what they, that, that's all it should have been. It's like, now take that down and do it right. Well, even so, what if it's, okay, so let's say worst case scenario, it's one or two cops who did this, and they're blatantly racist. And they're going, let's, yeah, let's make this racist tree. What? And you check their Facebook pages or whatever, and they're like, I hate black people, you know, and they've they've never arrested a white person, and they've got, you know, a history of beating up black um, black detainees and all this. Do all of the cops in that station have to go through sensitivity training now? Why is that? 
they're actually talking about reworking that whole department where every one of the existing police officers has to reapply. Well, let's cons- uh, I'll continue this article real quick. But, but let me ask you All this. Right. Can you imagine anybody listening to this? If at your job, the company you work at has 800 employees, because that's about how many cops there are in Minneapolis. Or even in this precinct, I don't know how many are in the precinct, maybe 150, something like that. If some jackass does something wrong, let's say at your company they drug test people and somebody fails or two people fail for meth. And they go, all right, um, we need to fire everybody and everybody needs to reapply for their job. No one would put up with that. No. You know, the idea that one sins, we all sin. It. The only thing where that's coming into play nowadays is racism and sexism. And so you get these activists who get in there and they say, one cop did a stupid thing. Let's just grant them and say it was totally blatantly racist. He's a bad cop. What does that have to do with all the other ones? This institution, because they're all in on it, prove it. Well, and then, here's the thing. This I don't know how, if this tree was meant to be something that was public, that people walking into the precinct can see it. I haven't figured that out yet. Now, was it in a private area of the police station that only the police could see? Or was it like at the front where no everybody idea. walking could see it? No idea. Uh, that would make a difference too. Yeah. Um, but still, if this guy's intention was to go, yeah, they told me to decorate it. I fucked around and here's here's the here's the decoration. Oh, it's a little little joke that I pulled. But then they take it all down and put the real ornaments up. No, no harm, no foul. Right. Yeah, he was gonna do the tree in blackface, <laughs> but, but he couldn't figure out how to do. Couldn't that. figure out how to do it. Yeah. You know. Um, so let's continue this little article here. So here's a quotation from City Councilman Philippe or Philip Cunningham. These pieces of trash were deliberately chosen to represent how certain officers feel about the community they serve, that black people are a stereotype to be mocked, and the lives of those they serve may as well be reduced to trash in the gutter. Okay, well, let's uh, let's say, for the sake of argument, like I said before, that he's right, that certain officers, the ones who decorated the tree, uh, feel that way. Then do something about them. Why is it the whole department? Why is the guy who runs the place has to get fired? But they're, uh, they're obviously not going to say, yeah, I'm, I'm racist. I hate black people. Uh, if you can't prove that they're m- malicious and that they target black people and in their heart of hearts, they hate black people. That's bullshit. You can't prove something like that unless they out and out admit it or they have a or they have a history of doing shit like that, like like that. That's uh, racially insensitive. Well, did you know that in this uh, majority Black population precinct, majority of the rest are black. So how dare you point that out? I that is so racist. Very racist of. Why me. would you say that? So can I edit on the fly here and take that out? Uh sure. <laughs> Done. I did not say it. <laughs> I disavow. Um, but you know what I mean. It, just this idea that because somebody did a stupid thing, everybody else is guilty of it because reasons. You know, well, everybody knows uh, the white cops are bad, that they all hate black people. That's why they work in a precinct where they have to mostly be around black people. Yeah. You know, I mean, last I checked, there was a shortage of cops across the country. I got to believe that if somebody said, I don't want to work in a, you know, area that's predominantly black, you move to Wyoming or Utah or whatever. Right. You're not going to have trouble getting a, hell, move to one of the suburbs. You know, Minneapolis. I just find it hard to believe that this this 
uh, officer that did the direct decorating did it with the intention of minimalizing or dehumanizing black people. Well, and I think I'm not trying to pump us up here. Um, I think the reason that you and I can believe that is because we think that would be incredibly stupid. And we know cops. Yeah. And they're, they're, they're even their fellow. If, if if one cop is a, a racist asshole, the other cops aren't going to have it. They're not putting up with it, right? Because there's a mix of black and white cops. There are Hispanic cops. There are Asian cops. Unless they all hate black people. Yes, there there could be that. It's the institutional racism yeah. that we can't we can't give you any proof of, but we all know it's there. Well, let's keep going with this article because there are some ridiculous quotes in here, ridiculous things. So. The two Minneapolis police officers who created the display, it's two of them, I guess, were placed on leave Friday in response to fierce backlash from both African-American community and public officials, including Mayor Jacob Fry, who described the tree as, quote, racist, despicable, and well beneath the standards of any person who serves the city of Minneapolis, unquote. He's a grandstanding little punk who's going to try and run for governor. I just othered him by calling him a piece of shit. The tree, beyond being seen as a racist dog whistle, as longtime civil rights activist Ron Edwards describes it, also rekindled simmering distrust between police and the black community in Minneapolis. Oh, yes, the tree that that, you know, that right there. Yeah, we we we, uh, uh, putting a bunch of garbage on a tree uh, rekindled rekindled because that. That simmering distrust, uh, distrust that wasn't uh, that wasn't raging at all. That you know that wasn't uh, or just uh, simmering under the surface. It didn't. It didn't take a tree to rekindle that. It's it's this kind of attitude is going on. Looking for offense is gonna has been going on for a long time. Uh, okay, so three years ago. Okay, they're talking about the uh, what happened three years ago. The eighteen day occupation. Community organizers led outside the fourth precinct station. The protest, the fatal shooting of Jamar Clark. Uh, since then, activists said at a new news conference Friday they had hoped police would be doing everything possible to improve their relationship with the near North Minneapolis community rather than seeming to go out of their way to strain it. I don't think the police is go- are going out of their way to strain relations with the, with the community. I think that's the activist's job, to strain relations with the police. Well, I remember Adam Carolla saying something about this. He goes, how many cops do you think... Wake up and say, God, I just can't wait to go beat on some black people today. You know, or the the cops, the context in which he was talking about is remember that guy got pulled off that was a United Airlines or American Airlines flight. He got he he was bumped and he's like, I'm not getting off. And right. so the cops haul him out of there. Adam Carolla's point was, do you do you think those three or four cops that hauled him out of there went in and said, watch this. We're going to pull this guy kicking and screaming off this plane. They would do everything they could to make sure that didn't happen. Yeah. I think if you could ask any police officer, do you wish that you could go through your whole career never having to pull or fire your gun? And they would say, man, if I knew that, I, I, I'm i going to guess 95% of them would say I would I would never want to. Yeah, and there will be bad eggs or bad cops. Just Absolutely. Like there's bad people in society in every part of society. Absolutely. So when I'm not I'm not blanket saying that the – that they're all great people. So, if it, let's just follow this reasoning. If it's if you assume that a couple of cops are bad, okay, and they're mostly white cops, so 
if these white cops are these few who decorated this tree are bad. We don't know if they might have been Hispanic police officers, too. Yeah, we're not hearing this, the we don't know. police officer side of this. And I don't think they're allowed to talk, either. Right, exactly. I think it's a gag order on them. Um, so if they're, if those, say there's 50 cops in this cop shop, and 30 of them are white, and two of them decorated this tree, and they're obviously racist, and you can prove that they're racist, does this mean the other 28 are racist? Because if that's the case... Can we look at the prison population and say, well, most of the people who are committing crimes are black, so black people are criminals? That's a ridiculous argument to make. But you're applying the same logic to, to the police. Well, they're yeah. they're racist ad- adjacent. <laughs> yeah. All right. So they're adjacent. We'll keep going here. Uh, right, here's another quote. I just could not believe that after everything we've been through to try to change the narrative about the African-American community. I could go into a whole rant about that right there, but let's go on. That our our police officers still held that same mindset. Black Lives Matter Twin Cities activist Chantil Allen said at the news conferences, they have no respect for the lives that have been lost. And this guy's a woman? I don't know. Chantil? C-H-A-U-N-T-Y-L-L. No idea. Okay, I don't know. So Cunningham and Minneapolis Board of Education member Kerry Joe Felder were among the first public officials to sound off about the tree after hearing complaints and seeing photos flood social media. Cunningham said Friday on Facebook that he learned from speaking with an MPD inspector that every year an officer is assigned tree decorating duties. This year, Cunningham said, two officers decided to hang the inappropriate ornaments as a quote-unquote prank. Quote, they hurt every gain made, uh, emphasis on every gain made in improving community police relations, unquote. Cunningham wrote on Facebook, another quote, on a personal level, despite being a council member, I'm still a black man myself. And these outrageous reminders only further my own feeling. Uh, they have, obviously they're, they put the little quote boxes. So they're saying of being generally unsafe around police officers. So he has. He says this is a reminder to only further his feelings of of being generally unsafe around police officers. That's his feeling right off the bat. Um, so he's so that that viewpoint towards police is what's informing you on on your on what's going on here instead of our viewpoint from police, which is right. one that yeah, I don't think they're out there looking to um, dehumanize black people. I think they're out there trying to do their job without pulling their gun or without causing a, a, a stink and, and getting their fit, getting um, thrown in jail or getting their lives ruined. That's not what they want. And they, they're not dumb. They know that um, doing something blatantly racist, if, if they were, would be stupid. And uh, this is not something they intended to be a racist thing to do. And well, it wasn't. They didn't think anyone would see it. That's why they felt uh, they felt free to let the racist flag fly. So here we go. Uh, at first, Fry was so incensed that he vowed the officers responsible would be fired by the end of the day. This piece of shit. And then he realized he couldn't fire him. Yeah, termination, he wrote, is necessary both in to discipline the officer. Well, how? Okay. Discipline the officer and to send a clear message. Um, so the Minneapolis Police Chief, Madaria Arredondo. Madaria Arredondo. Okay. And I will not tolerate conduct that departs from our values. But with an hour's free walk back, the statement after realizing there is legally required process that must be followed before an officer can be discharged. Uh, 
Yeah, Ardondo, describing the Christmas tree as a racially insensitive display, said in a statement that he was ashamed and appalled by the behavior of the two officers involved. He said a full investigation had been launched. Uh, Edwards, the civil rights activist who's lived in Minneapolis since the 1940s, told the Washington Post that what the community needs to see is a black officer in charge of the 4th Precinct. They have a Madaria Arredondo, who's the chief of police, is black. Racial insensitivity training, he said, will only do so much. And for those who question what was so racially insensitive about the bag of Takis in the fried chicken fast food cup, Edwards said those who lived in the neighborhood didn't need to ask. Uh, these policemen were familiar with what racism is, he said. They knew exactly what they were doing when they decorated that tree. I, I don't know what the Takis are. Do you? Yeah, they're just little um, chips. They're like uh, little rolled up corn chips that have flavor. They're like rolled Doritos, basically. They're like, you know. Like, like bugles almost? Tighter rolled. Like they're more like a, they look like a little mini cigar. Do Do only black people eat those? I guess so in North Minneapolis because that's. The majority of people in North Minneapolis that are black, um, that are eating Takis, I guess they would be black. You know why we don't know that? It's our privilege. Well, you know what's funny is I think I tried them once, and I didn't like them. My white taste buds rejected them. Right, because <laughs> because you've grown up you've grown up eating Pringles. Yes, you know, yes. so you're accustomed that, to higher end yeah. chips. Right. Yeah. That's that's the uh, that's the you know that's what you eat when you're at the golf club. Yes. Or or playing yes. tennis. You eat Pringles. You don't eat Takis. I mean, right. I mean, if you're sitting rolling craps or rolling dice in the gutter, maybe you'll eat some Takis. Yeah, yeah. My refined taste buds can't handle it. Yeah. See, I like my uh, I I like my um, potato chips uniformly shaped and seasoned to my tastes <laughs> organically. Yeah. yeah, and I like them in a in a uh, not just a bag. I want them in like a tennis ball can. Yeah. Let's talk about stereotypes of white people now too that that are. Uh, funny or amusing and and like uh, the whole you know uh, white people shopping at whole foods uh white people you know can't dance white people you know are what do you mean this is a great dance yeah stuff. yeah uh, stop it <laughs> if, if only you could see uh rooster dancing right now pretty good straight mm. from hitch awesome are you gonna do the cleaning the ears with the uh with the q-tip there you go toss it away you can do the lawnmower too toss it away all right so the thing is it, it this was not i hate it when this, this, the words they're using, it was, I'm ashamed and appalled. This was abhorrent. The, these are not words you would use to describe this situation if you're rational. Yeah, but you know, everything have, about this is irrational. You don't have to be rational. You just have to say institutional racism and everyone's supposed to go, mm hmm. Or, or that everybody, every white person has a degree of racism in, in them and it's just, it's just itching to come out itching and and they just can't wait to show show us and they're trying to dog whistle everything's a dog whistle nowadays too um, well i'm just glad this isn't on youtube so you and i can wink at each other all the time yeah you know yeah. to signal while we're doing we're holding up the okay sign the whole time too because the, and i'm drinking milk because that's racist too i guess but yeah i'm i'm, I'm so fucking fed up i with drank this. chocolate milk the other day was that cultural appropriation uh or were you cooking you know I, I <laughs> it's just know. Hard, it's so hard to tell nowadays uh, but like I said, I, I am really sick of this shit and it's, it's, it's showing up everywhere you, th- with our kids, it's showing up. There's situations where they just, they'll say something innocently and all of a sudden it, the first thing out of someone's mouth is racist to the kids. And you're like, oh my God, this has got to end. It's got to stop. You know, I do have to admit that since I had chocolate milk, it's hard to go back to white milk. Oh, <laughs> How far are we into this podcast? I'm ending it. Is this enough time? 27 minutes? I no. Think so. 
No, it's not. Let's do some uh, Lucite brick table topics. No, I get to ask him this time. <sighs> All right. Uh, why are you so mad, bro? Uh, have you ever run into someone you knew when you were far from home? <laughs> hey, let me take this one. <laughs> throw that at the wall. You almost got that to stick in the ceiling. <laughs> Fucking stupid. Yeah, that's, some of these are just ridiculous. Do you think, you know, like, was this a bunch of, like, out of work Saturday Night Live writers after a while or just, like, throwing ideas out there that are shitty? And they said, sure, that sounds good. Go with it. It's another bad one. Rooster, where in your life could you really use help with organization? <laughs> Everywhere. Yeah, here we go. Everybody can. Uh, what are you grateful for? You know what's funny? I did a whole thing. You know how Facebook has your memory thing? Yeah. A few years ago, I did a whole, um, like, every day I tried to think of something I was grateful for. And after a while, you start, I mean, it after, like, two months of it, it starts to become tough. And you start repeating yourself. Mm-hmm. And it was things like on a really cold night, I'm, like, laying there in bed going, God, thank God I have a warm house and right. all that stuff. And then you're thinking, I should put something in there again to think that I'm thankful. And then it's cold again. And you're like, can I, can I say that again? Or are people going to be, I'm just repeating stuff. And I, I just it, went, it was too much fucking work. Yeah, you just get up and you go, I appreciate what I have. I appreciate the benefits I have in my life. I appreciate the people I have in my life. Um, I, and, and that's what you need to do as a person is to step back every once in a while. You don't do it every fucking day. Uh, but you have to, have every, you know, like they say, step back and smell the roses or, or smell the flowers. You have to realize and appreciate what you have. Um, and it's not this uh, recognize your privilege bullshit. It's every single person living in America, unless you are fucking dying of some horrible disease or are completely fucked up. <laughs> well, my- uh, you, you should appreciate parts of your life. And another thing is don't fucking envy. That's 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 what's going to get you in trouble. Uh, you don't have to appreciate every fucking thing every second of the day, but don't get envious of what others are doing or have. That's that's where you get into a lot of trouble. Or if you are, use it productively. Say if you if you see someone who has more than you, go, damn, I that's where I want to get. Yeah, not- but that's that you that's you appreciating that they have that. It's not you going, they shouldn't have that. I should have that. Yeah, well, it's more jealousy than anything. Envy, jealousy. Yeah. It's it's that's the number one problem I think in society right now is this overblown envy, this entitlement, which is boils down to envy. You know, wanting what somebody else has, thinks they don't deserve it. Why don't I have it? That's yeah. the problem. So uh, here's I'm starting to lose faith in this this table topics. Is trust a naive or a sophisticated quality? It could be a little bit of both. So. I had the same uh, had the same conversation with another friend of mine along the same lines. You know, trust I think could be naive and it, it can be yes. But so I was talking with a friend of mine who's an atheist, and I said, and again I've said before I'm not like a great Christian. I have some faith and stuff. And they said, how do you believe in stuff you can't even prove? And I said, everybody's like that. And he goes, no, I'm an atheist. I'm like, absolutely you are. You you believe in stuff you can't prove. And he goes, uh, give me an example. I said, your wife, does your wife love you? He goes, yeah. I said, prove it. He goes, she tells me all the time. She does this, she does that. I said, how many people are married to someone that are in the exact same shoes you were and found out that person was fucking somebody else? And he goes, well, wait, that that's different. And I'm like, no, you believe it. You can't prove it. It makes you feel good, you know? Yep. So... So, Rooster, trust fall. Ah! You're supposed to catch me. 
Yeah, my, I'm neck, not, my neck and my back. <laughs> I told you that before. I'm not doing that, bro. Uh, last one here. All right. Okay. What's the best way to deal with stress? I know what you're going to say. Well, there's two answers. For this <laughs> you're only going to give us one of them, but I know what the other ones. Jeez, <laughs> um, I don't know. Primal screams are always good. A little rub and tug <laughs> or a hobo handout. Yeah, for those of you who don't know what a uh, hobo handout is. Being a good guy, it's an uppercut. Because <laughs> no one, no one expects a Spanish Inquisition or an uppercut left, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Isn't that how it is? That's it. I don't know. I mean, it depends on the time. If I'm like super stressed out, I gotta get up and do something that e- that's either takes my mind off it, whether it's like playing a video game. That's just you know. I had one of those weird the other day, and I don't get these very often. I had one of those weird where you kind of lay down and it's very silent. Uh, and for some reason, you start thinking deep thoughts, <laughs> you know, your mortality and that kind of stuff, the stuff that's not, it's not fun to think about. And it, like within three seconds, I knew where my, my, my mind was heading. I'm like, oh, no, I'm not doing this. And I got out of bed, got up, started looking through the fridge, got something to eat, turned on the TV, <laughs> turned on the TV and said, I am not going down that road tonight because I will be up all fucking night and I'll be miserable. <laughs> You know, um, I know I've mentioned Joe Rogan a ton of times on the podcast before, but he's a big guy on this, um, uh, the sensory deprivation tank stuff. He's got one at home that he gets in and all that. And he said, it's really weird. You made me think of it when you're doing this. He said, you, you sort of sit in there kind of meditative, meditatively. And he goes, your mind can go to some dark places. And, uh, I believe that I, I would like to actually try one of those out. There's a place near here that's got them. Really? I yeah. wonder if, you, if it would take a few sessions to actually get into the right kind of mindset or if it would just be a bad idea for me. It can, yeah, it could be real interesting. But anyway, I sometimes just sitting down and thinking like that is good for me. And sometimes it's not. Yeah. And you can tell. I can tell right away when I'm going to get into that kind of a mood where it's like you get in that all of a sudden you're melancholy. That's not just that's not a good place to be. So you got to distract yourself from that. Yeah. You got to be more positive. It's just not going to help you. Sometimes you get in those moods and you can't get mm-hmm. out of them. So, so. Well, I can, I can cut it off at the pass. A little rub and tug takes care of it. Sir, that's it. We're going to move on. <laughs> and with that note, at least you're not talking about seagulling. Uh, no. <laughs> just uh, rusty tromboning. <laughs> You know, keep going all day. <laughs> when we were talking about we were talking about the Christopher Hitchens thing off air about um, going after Mars audience and flipping them off. Mm-hmm. It would have been so much cooler to see him just go oh, like that. Oh. <laughs> seagull. He did the seagull gesture. Yep. All right. Next. And for those of you who don't know what it is, don't Google it. You're not going to want to know. Just watch the Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. <laughs> what was that guy's name? I can't remember. Well, I don't know. The he was killed immediately after that. Yeah, he killed himself. Clarice. Didn't Clarice. That, uh, that was Hannibal a, did not like that. That was a creepy movie. Mm-hmm. Jesus. All right. I I went on a a date with that on that movie because she she wanted to see it. <laughs> That's not a good date movie. She wanted to see it. Okay. And I had already seen it. And I was like, thank God I'd already seen it. But she was one of those girls who was like, sorry, women, who was uh you know, she did. She liked to go to scary movies, but she didn't like scary movies. So she was just like grabbing my arm the whole time. And I was like, man, I'm glad I saw this before because otherwise I'd have been like, eh. I, I told that. I think I told this on the podcast already, the story about going on the date and seeing frailty. 
No. So have you ever seen the movie Frailty with Bill Paxton and Matthew McConaughey? Powers no. Booth. Um, it's good. It's really good. Um, uh, but it's creepy. And it's not... It's about a guy... Bill Paxton plays a, a father uh, who's... I think his wife died. He's raising two young boys. Um, one's like maybe six or so and the other one's like maybe ten. And one day he just has a basically a vision um, and he thinks it's the Lord. Like he sees a flash of light and he sees an angel come down and the angel tells him that there are demons in this world and you have to stop them. And he recruits his sons into killing demons, but the demons look just like people. Ooh. So he targets certain people and he's like, that's a demon. The kid's like, I don't, how do you know? Like the older one's like, how do you know? He's like, God told me that's a demon. And, uh, um, there are certain instances where he, where he finds like things like his, his act, he finds an ax sitting in a, in a stump and all of a sudden a beam of light hits it. And it's like, Oh, he's like, Oh, that's the weapon I'm supposed to use. You know, that's, so he's like, you, the guy's basically insane. Right. Yeah. Dragging his kids into this. Well, the older kids like this ain't something's wrong with this. And the young kids like all on board, dad, I can't wait to kill demons with you. <laughs> and it's, but it's real. It's not cheesy. It's realistic. Do you know why his young son wanted to kill uh, demons? Because he was doing it in video games, he yes, thought it would be yes. really cool. So yeah, this is where Crow goes into telling us telling a whole movie fucking plot <laughs> again. But anyway, it was a good, it's a good movie, but it's creepy. And uh, Matthew McConaughey, uh, it kind of uh, time shifts. Like Matthew McConaughey is telling the story about his father. Uh, he walks into a police station and starts telling the story about his father because he's basically admitting that they murdered a bunch of people, and so he's recounting what happened. And so it like cuts back into the present time and then to the past when this was happening. Matthew McConaughey is like narrating part of it, um, but he's he's just he got that southern drawl and it's a little creepy. And so I went on one of the first dates. I went with a with a a woman, and afterwards I was we walked around a lake and it was like a creepy night and like the wind was weird. And I was doing the Matthew McConaughey impersonation, and she's like she said later she's like yeah I. I had my brother on speed dial and I like, and I was like, I was like, I think this guy's going <laughs> to kill me. <laughs> Cause I was like, I was like quoting from the movie. I'm like, yeah, this is pretty creepy, isn't it? Sorry. It wasn't a good idea. You should have waited until she like said something, you know, like if you guys were walking along and then just stopped and turned and looked at her and stared at her for five seconds and then went, okay. And then turned and kept going. <laughs> I shouldn't. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, the no, it's a it's a it's a really good movie. <laughs> or stop and look at her and say, "Did you say something?" <laughs> I thought I heard a voice. No, I creeped her up pretty good. <laughs> Beyond the point of it being funny. Thing, so. <laughs> By the way, we got my get a laptop, my oldest. Mm-hmm. You know what he does on it? He goes on YouTube and watches freaking chills videos. What are they? Chills is a website. It's a YouTube website where uh-huh. they like, oh, you know, the f- five most mysterious creatures ever. Okay. And he'll, he'll come to me and go like, um, do you know the thing about the woman in red? Do you know the thing about the black-eyed children? Do you know? I'm like, yes, stop talking to me about that stuff. I'm like, I do not like that. And so he was at Boy Scouts the other night telling one of the other kids about it. That kid didn't want to come outside in the parking lot to get his dance going. We're like, are you okay? He's like... I don't want to go outside. Funny. <laughs> like, stop watching that shit and stop telling you'd, kids you'd, about it. You'd like Frailty. I think you should watch it. I've, I've given you stellar recommendations in the past. You just won't admit it. You Just because I gave you one bad one one time. One? One. One? One. 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 One hundred. <laughs> Please. Come on, give me one. I'm known for giving good recommendations. One good movie. Yeah, sure you are. 
We've always said that if you had a movie review website, it would have been, eh, could have been better. <laughs> would have been the name of it. So no, I'll give you one. Uh, the Mist. Fantastic movie. Remember Shut that up. one? Okay. <laughs> that was the one that I realized as we were watching it that I probably shouldn't have recommended. Yeah, it you shouldn't have. What so, was, give me one of the ones that was good. Oh, I don't know. I can't, off the top of my head, I can't recall. But uh, I have recommended before and they've been good. I'm I'm at a loss. Uh, you know, the only other one I came up with was Dog Soldiers. Oh come on, that was that's different. That was just like yeah. oh, it showed up on the Netflix, uh, and I remember it being fun when I was in the eight, '90s or whatever. That's different. That's not one I would say specifically that you had to sit. I have watch. not seen Bone Tomahawk, but everyone I've heard you recommend it to was I, like, but I didn't recommend it to you, did I? It, no, you did. You go, I like that movie. Yeah, but it's. I it's, said. I said you probably would not like that movie. You're like, eh, it's really violent. And it gets, like, it gets yeah. pretty dark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and I'm not like I, we've talked about this before. I'm not a torture porn kind of guy, and I don't like the bad guys to win. But some some of these some of these dark movies are well done, and I I like or the acting is so good that you have to you have to give it credit. That was what Bone Tomahawk was. It had really good acting, but it's very dark. Yeah, but you're also the guy. and We've probably mentioned this before, but. Who sees the first Captain America movie, which I, I agree, it's Captain America. He doesn't have a whole lot of plot to him. But you were like, eh, it's all right, but the fight scenes weren't well choreographed. Ah, oh, shut up. I was not wrong. Because, and you know why I'm right? It was a great because movie. Because Winter Soldier was way better, had way better plot and way better fight choreography. Winter Soldier is one of the best of the Marvel movies. It's, it's my top, it's my favorite. Uh, right up there with... Uh, Doctor Strange is surprisingly one of the top ones for me. Yeah, first Iron Man was good too. Ah, uh, first Iron Man, of course. Yeah, so yeah. second Iron Man was good too. Three, not good. Yeah, but no. Uh, oh, I, I lost my train of thought. Oh, uh, we were talk- talking about frailty. <laughs> oh, the movies that I recommend. I recommend good movies to people. What? Did, oh, uh, no, you, you s- don't. I I know my audience. I know who I'm recommending to at this point, and that was the only one. The Mist was the only one that I misdiagnosed that you'd like. And yet you can't come up with a single good movie you recommended. Because I'm thinking about other people I recommended movies to that really liked them. Who, if they were here, would say, you know, not so much. No, they, they would agree. Sure they would. Whatever. This is a, <laughs> this is a dead topic now. Moving on. This is how, uh, this is how Crow gives up an argument when he's wrong. Uh, anyways, Frailty, everybody, you're all going to love it. And I'm sure Rooster will love it. But he's going to say he hated it just to spite me. I've only done that one time. You said you hated a movie just to spite me. No, not you. <laughs> I was on a I was on a date with this uh, this woman one time, and she wanted to see L.A. Confidential, and I didn't want to see it. Right. Because I'm not a big Kevin Spacey fan. Uh, he's a great actor. I'm just not a fan of him. Um, and I just I didn't really want to see it. And L.A. Confidential is a good movie. And we're walking out of there, and she goes, "It was good, wasn't?" It? I'm like, "All right." She's like, I know you like that movie. I'm just like, yeah, it was okay. And I called up a buddy man. I'm like, that's a really good movie. What was that movie with, uh, uh, it just came out maybe last, was it last year or the year before? And it had, um, and I can never remember this actor's name. Uh, he he's uh, he was in Blade Runner 2040 or whatever. Ryan Gosling. Okay, Ryan Gosling was in it. And he's then, dreamy. Dreamy. And then um, the guy from uh, Gladiator. Russell Crowe. Okay, so Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling. Oh, yeah, yeah. And the, they're, one's a, like a private they're both, eye. They're both private eyes. Yeah, but one's more like gritty and the other one's like, uh, 
Ryan Gosling's a really shitty one. Yeah, like that was a good movie, and I was not movie. expecting that to be good. I didn't want to see it. Well, they're both good actors. Yeah, that's true. But then I, I just didn't want to see it. And when I saw it, I'm like, man, this is this is a good movie. Yeah, they're they're really good in this. Russell Crowe's like a good private investigator, but he's also very rough. Yeah, he's like a he's half. He's. Half, I don't even know. Was he a private investigator? I think he was. No, I think he was more of a. I mean, he he did private investigating, but I think he was more of a leg breaker. Like he go. Well, he was sort of both. He yeah, would, he, he like if somebody if somebody messed with my daughter, I want you to go take care of him. He would do it. But he's the kind of guy like the one the one younger gal goes to pay him, and it's like fifty bucks or something because it's set in like the early seventies. Yeah, and he goes, "It's fifty bucks," and she goes, "I only have thirty eight. He goes, "Well, let me get the other twelve, you know, or something like that. He's gonna. I mean, he's not cutting her any slack because she's yeah. She's being stalked by a guy or something like that. And what was it called? I can't remember. It, it was, was something like The Good Guys or something like that. I think that's what it is. That's what it is because that's what they ended up calling their uh, – when they got – well, I see. I'm, I almost spoiled it. When they got their dog washing station going. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> yeah, I don't, I, don't, I, I don't want to spoil it. It's a good movie. But The Good Guys. That's uh, what it is. I don't think so. It is. I'm pulling up The Good Guys here and I'm getting an American comedy series. Now I'm, I'm like ninety five percent sure that's what it was. Uh, could be, but the good guys. All right, well, let's go on to this McDonald's thing. All right, and this is where we get kicked off the air. No, nah, I've I've, uh, I've spent myself on this one already. So the nice guys. Ah, okay. Well, I'm so, glad I didn't say I was a hundred percent sure. So there's um. Well, you're always a hundred percent sure, even when you're not. Um. So a McDonald's in Eden Prairie here, it's a southwestern suburb of Minneapolis, had a guy pull a gun on five Somali kids. Um, wasn't it five? Was, uh, it wasn't just five. There was a, a, a decent-sized group of both uh, male and female teenagers. So he's standing in line behind – I heard originally it was a couple of the guys, but two of the girls who are trying to – Trying to pay with like Apple Pay or something like okay. that. Okay, before we get into the specifics of it, you, we have to realize that every, pretty much every bit of information that we're getting is coming from the the teens, the small teens. It's not from anybody else. It's not from the employees of the restaurant. It's not from the guy that allegedly pulled the gun. Not even from the police. I have no idea yeah. who it's coming from. So I'm just repeating that, but, what well, I heard. I, this is I've read the articles. Every article I've I've read, which is you know, four or five of them have either been directly quoting the the social media that the, the teens put up or quoting another article that quoted, you know, it's basically just, it's that side of the story. And so what the teens were saying, they said, well, we, we tried to pay for some something and we tried to use Apple Pay and it didn't work. And then this white guy comes up and he goes, well, you're trying to use EBT, which is a, a government welfare, electronic welfare and uh, uh, and it won't work here. And they're like, oh, w- w- why do you think we're trying to use EBT? Because we're black. It was like the guys at Chipotle are like, oh, we don't have yeah. no money. Yeah, yeah. So it was one of those things. And and I'm 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 disinclined to believe it. So uh, until well, there I- was there was another. I think it came from another witness who said that he said, oh, hurry up. Yeah, but until now, I, until I hear all sides of this. I'm not, yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I don't necessarily disbelieve or believe that they actually tried to use Apple pay to pay. They very well could have tried to use some sort of form of payment, like, like a, a EBT payment that didn't work. Who knows? 
at this point. Yeah. Um, but he said we're just repeating what we have heard yeah. so far. So the story is that that he said something like that, and they got offended, and then um, he uh, wouldn't back down or wouldn't apologize, and then they uh, kind of surrounded him from, and the video started playing at this point. So someone pulled out a cell phone and started shooting a video, and it, from what I saw, this guy was surrounded by you know teens that were as tall as him. And so, he's he's fifty five, and these kids are uh, fifty five and kind of dumpy, and these kids are you know fifteen through seventeen, maybe eighteen, who knows? But you know, taller than him. Uh, and he, when the video starts, it looks as if he's backing towards the door, and uh, he's got teens in front of him. He's got teens to his left, to his right, smally teens, and behind him. And as he backs up, he bumps into one of them. As I don't know if that person, that kid, came forward. Or if he just bumped into him, and then as he bumps into him and, and kind of passes by, he shoves him. The 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 guy, um, the fifty five year old guy, shoves the teen, and then after he shoves the, that teen, another teen kind of lunges at him and goes, "Oh, what'd you know?" Like yelling at him, and that's when the guy hits the gets to the door, and and the video does not show him pull a gun, but it does show the reaction, which is everybody kind of scatters and goes, "Oh, he got a gun," and then he leaves. He immediately leaves this guy, so he must have flashed the gun and then left. Because he was getting charged at that point. Um, and then after that happens, uh, one of the employees comes out, Hispanic guy, comes out and says, you need to leave to them. Um, and then what? Uh, another woman comes out, who I think is the manager of the place, and says, everybody out now. Or, yeah, get the fuck out, yeah, of, my get out of my restaurant. Um, and then some guy, some white cut guy goes up and goes, you can't send them fucking out there. A guy had a fucking gun. You need to call the fucking police. I'm like, you know what? If I'd have been there, I said, you need to shut your fucking mouth. But uh, here's the thing. You did on a hobo handout. Oh, God. I I would have. But anyways, they they could have called the police. They had their fucking phones. Everybody has a phone. They can call the police. It's not the manager's job to call the police. The manager, and you can tell by the employee's reaction and the manager's reaction, that they must have been causing some sort of commotion before this happened. Or they must have been some sort of issue beforehand. It wasn't just that... that this guy made a racist comment or a, or a bigoted comment, and then that they were like so uh, incensed by it that uh, that they couldn't believe it, and then, then this guy pulled a gun on them because then the these employees wouldn't have been like get the fuck out of here. They would have they would have been more diplomatic about it at least, but right. it, they must have been irritated by these teenagers before, which is exactly what makes you think of this Chipotle incident we talked about in a prior episode. Well, I thought I had heard, I can't remember if I heard this in a, in a news report or someone was giving an opinion on it. Um, but there's rumors that the kids would sort of use this place as a hangout. Yeah. That and was, they would buy like a very minimal amount of food. So there'd be six or seven or eight of them. If that's true. Yeah. Right. That there'd be six or seven or eight of them hanging out and they'd buy like two apple pies. And so yeah, it's not it's not beyond comprehension or it's beyond uh, credulity that that would be true, right? Yeah. I mean, and that's regardless of, of of race. I mean, that's kind of the situation that some kids would or some teens would do. The problem with this is is that it became a racial thing, and that it was another group of Somali teens that are causing some sort of um, ruckus, or. Uh, and, and then and then it becomes a racial situation immediately because they post and say, look at how racist these people are to us. And that's what pisses me off. And here's the thing. You guys in the Somali community and Somali activists and, you know, whatever activists out there, like I said before, clean your fucking house. Speak up about this. Say, hey, yeah, okay, if this guy was being uh, 
being a, a bore or being a, a, a jerk. Yeah, fine. But the but these kids need to realize that they're that they are instigating in a situation that that uh, made made something like this happen. They weren't innocent in any of this. Yeah. Uh, their their attitudes, their aggressiveness towards this guy was was palpable. This guy felt like you could tell he felt he was in danger from these from these kids, and they weren't just children. Stop with this shit. A teenager is different than a child. Mm-hmm. A teenager can hurt someone. Teenagers can be dangerous. Especially when there's a bunch of them. Mm-hmm. And they get that fucking mob mentality, that pack mentality. I mean, and next thing you know, you got, you know, and they don't realize they, they're not they're not fully thinking ahead. They'll throw a bottle at your head or, or hit you. And next thing you know, you're, you know, either dead or hospitalized. So this guy was, you could tell he was trying to get out of the situation, was fearful for his life. Yes, he did two-hand shove a kid. But that's after having contact, backing away, backing into one of them. Which realizes, oh shit, they're surrounding me. Well, if he said the thing about the EBT card, he didn't help himself. No, he didn't. Obviously, that was stupid. But you know what? I've said things that are uh, can be construed as jerky to, to people in public. What? I, what? I, I, a great incident where a woman went into a, a a guy went into a locksmith shop where I was I was getting oh, a this key. Is good. I was getting a key made. A guy came in and he wanted the key made for a car that was on the parking lot. Well, the guy working there said said, okay, sure, and. Uh, first, that, now this happened before I got in there, all this kind of negotiation. But I guess um, the guy who wanted the key made was doing it for a woman who was in the car out in the parking lot, actually parked on the street. And her instructions were, I don't want anybody coming out here, I guess. And the, 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 the lock guy said, I can't make this key without going out there. So he must have went out there. And then she came in after that, and they made the keys at this point. And she comes in, and she's freaking out. Obviously, has some sort of mental condition. Freaking screaming at him. But I told you, you can't come. You should never come. I was just screaming at this at this poor guy. And the guy's like, uh, you owe me for these keys that I just made. And uh, and she's like, I'm not fucking paying you. But. And I'm, I'm like, like look, I'm like standing right there. And I'm like, like I got this look in my face. Like, I can't, are, you, are you fucking kidding me? And you were there buying lockpicks, right? For your. <laughs> yes, for my for my clandestine endeavors. For your but, second story work? Uh so I, I'm like, kind of, I got a smirk on my face. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me with that? You know? And she looks at me and she goes, what are you smiling at? I go, you obviously. I go, you're ridiculous. And she goes, ah, how dare you talk to me? And now, now her focus is on me. And the poor, the poor schlub she's with is like, as her focus is on me now. And I'm like, fuck off. And this guy's kind of like maneuvering behind me and, and paying for the keys so mm-hmm. that he can get the fuck out of there and get her out of there. And, uh, how dare you? Ah, I've got issues. And I said, you certainly do. And she's ah, ah, screaming at me. I'm calling the police. And I'm like, for what? Were she and her two sisters over a, a boiling kettle? Oh, she was, I mean, basically was a... <laughs> she had a ward on her nose, she was, too? She was insane. Oh, yeah. She was hideous. But um, she got, finally, uh, I, I just go, fuck off. And she's like, how oh, dare you? I'm calling the police. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, go ahead and waste their time. They're going to love that. Um so I turn around to the to the guy and I start I continue what I'm doing as she's screaming and finally the guy that she's with is pulling her out the door because obviously he knows she's mental and uh, taking her out and I go finally pay and go out in the parking lot she goes I called the police you're not going anywhere and I go okay got it <laughs> go, have a nice fucking day <laughs> I get my car and leave but I'm like I and then you backed I, over with your car didn't you? I could have kept my mouth shut I could have not smirked but fuck you. Yeah. You're acting like a fucking idiot, and I'm going to comment on it 
Too fucking bad. Deal with it. Same with these kids. They're probably being little jerks. They're probably being boisterous and loud and annoying. And he decided he's waiting for his thing. And they're fucking around. And he's like, fuck these kids. I'm going to say something. Okay, so let me give you a scenario, right? Um, And this is for all these people who are like, oh, you know, you just have a thing against Somalis and blah, blah, blah. And the mentally ill. Yeah. So you're in a – well, everybody hates him. (laughs) So – um. You're in a McDonald's, right? You're sitting there. You just got your food. You sit down, and there's a, a older uh, black man, okay. 65-ish or so, trying to pay for his food, and he's having problems with his card. And there's three or four football-playing, varsity, you know, jacket-wearing kids in there from a local high school or something. And they're like, come on, you dumb N-word. You know? I, I would – get up to those guys and I say, you better sh- get the fuck out of here before things go bad for you. Yeah. These, I would walk kids. over and say, can I help, can I help you, sir? You know? And well, I would tell these kids to the hell down. Yeah. I'd tell them to fuck off. Yeah. So yeah, it's not, it's not a racial thing. It's just an attitude thing or it's, it's a, it's how you carry yourself. Yeah. You don't, you don't talk to people like that. Yeah. And teenagers are, I mean, it would, if there was a group of white teenage kids acting up like that, I would not, I wouldn't put up with it either. So. Yeah. And yeah, they say, well, you're just you're just making it worse. No, 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 no. That to you maybe, but may, maybe I'm th- making things better. Maybe I'm keeping the employees from from doing or saying something that'll get them fired or in trouble. Maybe I'm taking that responsibility because I've done that before too, where I've been at a, a grocery store and waiting in line to get something from the deli, and uh, some woman goes up to get her make her order, and another woman screeches at the guy behind the counter saying she wasn't next that other woman was next um white knighting basically so a white woman thought she was next and uh and uh like a a, either a native american or indian woman was next and was too quiet to speak up so the white woman didn't see her didn't notice her and went up and the guy behind the counter just took her order right and then the other woman was virtuous signaling how great she was like how dare you she was next and i'm like shut the fuck up and wait your fucking turn <laughs> and you could see the guy behind the counter was like a little smirk on his face like oh i wish i could have said that <laughs> She's like, yeah. oh, how dare you i had another incident at a bank <laughs> i could go on all day <laughs> I'm realizing that we might be here for a while if we keep going on here. <laughs> exactly. Just let it play out, Crow. <laughs> I was at a bank, and uh, I was waiting to get uh, – I was doing a huge deposit, so they had to do a bunch of counting. And I had my hands on the counter, and I was tapping my fingers. And this woman next to me goes, stop that. You're scaring away the money. What? <laughs> You're scaring away the money, she says. It wasn't a joke. She was a she was a mental. She was a nutcase. One of those one of those people that when they write letters, they fill up the whole page and then they start going around the outer edge. Uh huh. She's one of those. So I look at her. I go, "Fuck off. Mind your own business." And she goes, ah, "I'm telling the manager." <laughs> I go, "Go ahead. <laughs> What's he gonna do? How you can't have let this man talk to me?" I said, "Tell her to mind her own business." And he goes, uh, "I, ma'am, uh, can I? Can we go talk over here?" Basically, he's like, "Yeah." You're not going to say anything to him? <laughs> like, of course he's not. You're crazy. Fuck you. I don't have to put up your shit. So, you know, and then I had another time at it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know who Charlie Kirk is, right? Yeah. Yeah. I watched a few Charlie Kirk videos on uh, YouTube recently. And one of them is, I, I watched a lot of Ben Shapiro stuff, a lot of Jordan Peterson, you know, because they're, they're Nazis. Yeah. He's yeah. the one that got together with Candace Owen. 
Charlie Kirk? Yeah. yeah. And Candace Owens a Nazi too. Of course. Do you know that? Um anyway, so uh that he was uh at some college and this guy gets up there and he says, you know, I'm a I'm a libertarian. Um and he goes, but I don't think we should, you know, he goes, I don't think we should have this government stuff. And Charlie Kirk goes, well, wait a second. He goes, you're, you're not a libertarian then. He goes, you're an anarchist. The guy goes, well, yeah, I'm an anarchist, but we need some government. <laughs> and Charlie Kirk's like, well, what? I'm not getting this exactly right. And the guy goes, well, you know, to like equally distribute stuff. And Charlie Kirk goes, so you're a libertarian in the sense that you just want to live your life the way you want to live it. He goes, yeah. He says, what if I want to live the li- my life? He goes, yeah, fine. He goes, what if I have five houses and five yachts? He goes, no. Well, then you're an asshole because he goes, so what? I'm an asshole. Fine. I'm an asshole. I want to, I want to have, he goes, why do you care? He goes, well, somebody else could use that stuff. He goes, so what are you going to do about it? Well, I want the government to come. He goes, you're, you're not a libertarian. He goes, yeah, well, I'm not, I'm not an American capitalist libertarian. I'm a European libertarian. He goes, you're not any sort of European. Stop using the goddamn word. Yeah. You got two <laughs> cans of peaches. I want one of those cans of peaches. I'm going to take a can of peaches. You're not what a libertarian. You, what are you going to do? <laughs> yeah. Well, get the government to stop you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's this idea, people like this, they want someone else in authority to go do something. That woman wanted the bank manager to shut you up. Yeah. You know? And or the other one wanted the police to come and, and shut me up or, or whatever. The it's just ridiculous. It's, well so people who go through the drive through and they don't get the burger they wanted and they say they call the police and the police are like, We're not coming. Yeah. You know? Talk to the manager. I oh, I, guess one, I, I should the, I should mention I, there's plenty of dudes I've told the fuck off to, so it's this the, the story is. Well, I've, I've seen videos of you punching okay. guys, yeah, yeah. you know. So, <laughs> yeah, so I think I've told that story before. Yeah, not too yeah, long yeah, after yeah, meeting you. I, I yeah. Think you did, yeah, but well, we're up on time again. All right, it went by quick. It usually does. All right, so if you want to contact us and complain about something we said, I'm sure I'm sure we were very offensive tonight. Talk about how crows are racist. Uh, or a racist adjacent. That's the term. That's the new term. You're adjacent. <laughs> uh, you can contact us. It's rooster at bread and circuses podcast.com or crow at bread and circuses podcast.com or the Facebook page, bread and circuses podcast. So check it out. See you. Bye. <laughs>